welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddick. Welcome to today's episode. We have a fun show for you today. We will have our usual chat to start the show. And as promised, today's guest is novelist Patience Griffin. In her final segment, I am sharing t- something that will make you go, hmm, 90s <laughs> reference for all you 50-year-old kids out there. So how are you both? I'm doing good. How about you, Ginger? I'm doing all right. Yeah, staying, staying busy as usual. Yeah. How about you, Tracy? How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. That's the best we can do these days, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Lori, last we had left you, you had Terry as your guest. How did that all go? It was wonderful. It was, it was totally amazing. One of the things that, that my mom told me when I was a young married lady to always take whatever classes I could take because I'd always learned something either from the teacher or from the other students. So when Terry had her class, I took the class and I figured out how to do feathers, free motion on my <gasps> domestic machine. Whoa. Ta-da! Wow. <laughs> oh, so what was it? Like, what was the thing that made it all click? Was it just Terry or was it, you know, the universe? What was it? She, <laughs> she did spineless feathers and I'd never tried that before and it worked like a champ. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. So had you never been able to do them before or just not on a domestic machine? Um, never to my satisfaction. Oh. That's a high bar to hit, though. So, it, well, <laughs> Yeah, it is. But but at the same time, feathers are, are the thing that you want to use on that really special quilt. Not mm-hmm. on the one you're going to take on picnics, but you know, the showcase quilt. So, so they need to be nicely done. If you're going to do feathers, you need to do them well. One of the things that Terry does is she slows down a whole lot. And it was amazing. Oh my gosh, (laughs) just amazing to me. What a difference. Are you like the rock star of your guild now since you brought her in? (laughs) Well, I think they like me. (laughs) i can't imagine why you know it's not like you have any contacts or any you know experience (laughs) well good well tracy and i are still waiting for our invite so (laughs) yes i i don't think i can i can follow terry i know that is true those are hard (laughs) shoes to fill (laughs) you know it, it it's funny because i i always tell terry that you know she she just has this knowledge that that every time I talk to her, she drops some kind of knowledge that I just never thought about, you know, and it's it, it, it could be something from how a certain color combines with the fabric or or it can be how a thread weight combines with you know something else or it's put two threads together i mean it's just it, it, it's just stuff i never think about 
Well, and she does this other thing that I think is wonderful, and that is that she talks about our expectations of ourselves and how we're doing mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. and how to grow in that way too. And somehow she weaves that in with her classes. Yep. Amazing. She she keeps the quilter in the quilt. Yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm so glad you guys had fun. We did. Awesome. So, uh, Tracy, have you been able to do any sewing at all, or have you just been swamped with work and everything? I finished a quilt. Oh, that's huge. That's big. Yeah. So it, it was the top secret thing that I was working on for work. Remember, I think I got I'll to almost see it, be able I? to. You did. I showed. Okay. It to you. Yay! Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's it's worth the wait. It's worth uh, the wait. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it'll be a pattern in Fonz and Porter's quick and easy quilts in August, September. So that was the one that was just going to be like a little fun little one page thing, and it <laughs> turned <laughs> into. <laughs> It turned into, I mentioned it at the office and Eileen Fowler was like, hey, that sounds like fun. Tell me what you're doing. Maybe I'll make one too. And then she's like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll make that as a color option. And then, and then she came into the office and she was like, wow, that was awesome. And, and then she was like, you know, she, (laughs) she, she like, I turned around and, and she basically did yardages, Lori, in like while I was in a meeting and when I came out of the meeting, she was like, yeah, yours was more efficient than mine. I think this needs to be a pattern. <laughs> so <laughs> it turned into a pattern. Yeah. So, so it'll be a pattern. And, um, and mine is very colorful and, and fun and um, uses tulip pink. What else? And, um, and so it'll, it'll, um, it, so I finished, I, so I finished something. So, um, and so because feel, you just, it's for publication, we can't share it in the show notes, so you yet. guys are going to have to wait until that issue of Quick and Easy. Unfortunately. So, but like I but said, it's worth the wait. It's, it's totally worth the wait. Worth the wait. And, yep. and I'll drop it in Instagram as soon as possible. And when you see it, you'll know. And that's all I can say. <laughs> so what about you, Ginger? I have been having some fun, um, you know, especially today. It was so funny. You caught me right off the sewing machine. Um, we are doing, we'd love to do these sneak peeks with, um, you know, the sewing and quilting communities with our magazines and R&K Distributing has sent some fun thread. I got glow in the dark thread. It's not going to be available until the fall, but oh my God, I've just been having a blast. I did. I, I can probably get a picture of it. I was running into the bathroom so I could see it glow in the dark, but I had a fun little Halloween. It's like a table runner that I've been working on and I'll show it up to you guys, but we can get pictures. But I put fun little spiders on it. Um, I found this decorative stitch and the little spiders glow. So it's so oh, how fun. Yes. So got that. And then they have some variegated thread too. So I've just been playing. So today's been a fun day at work. <laughs> Yay. But I have been chomping at the bit. I'm going to cut us off and say, we need to go talk to patients because I have no more patients. I must talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, we've been having so much fun. The three of us have just been reading her books like Mm -hmm. crazy people. 
Yep. And and I haven't had a chance yet because she literally just sent it to us like within the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Her latest book, it's a um, there's three different stories in it. And I know, Lori, you've already read the one, but this one, oh my goodness, it's set at Quilt Festival, which I'm just mm-hmm. so excited about that. Um, so I can't wait to dive in. And that mm-hmm. one's called The Wishing Quilt. And it's a and- good one. I finished that one. It's good too. Yeah. That one doesn't come out until August or September. Okay. So not too yeah. long. You don't have to wait yeah. too long. So we should right. hold on to our precious advanced copies, right? Yes. <laughs> we, should. we should. But let's go let's go talk to her about her other books. Today in Open Studios, boy, are we so excited. We are joined by author, quilter, fabric designer. Patience Griffin. It's so funny because I often say author, but this time I I guess I should really say novelist. <laughs> Patience, welcome to the I'm show. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> we are so happy to have you. <laughs> Oh, Um, yes. I've been like shuffling through your books, uh, just cramming them in as much as I can. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm like chomping at the bit. (laughs) Me too. So I guess we have to start at the beginning because we always ask, how did you start sewing? So my grandmother was a professional seamstress. And so when I was, I don't know, just probably just barely walking, I'd sit on her lap and, and she'd let me run the leg thing of whatever that's called <laughs> to instead of a pedal it's the the the, thought, the the leg pedal so i would oh. sit there and do that and so when i was um mm-hmm. and of course you know i had a, like a, a a play plastic sewing machine but probably i was probably 5 when she got me my featherweight it was a used featherweight and so i still have oh, it's wow. got the case and and i love that machine and she oh. was so tickled to give it to me you know I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, that, it, and I didn't even realize, you know, what a big deal it is because it really is a big deal now. Right. I mean, to have it a, is. a nice mm-hmm. featherweight. And uh, so oh, when yeah. I started kindergarten, she had me make my jumper for kindergarten. Um, you know, and she, so she did, wow. uh, she, she did some hard stuff, right. You know, she like um, for the bodice, she, she did the handwork to make it look nice and she did the hem, you know, but I sat, sat on her lap and I did the whole thing and, you know, so did. So I guess wasn't completely me, but you know, she wanted me to make sure I started off kindergarten. Right. <laughs> that is such a precious memory. Oh yes, my gosh. I mean, all, all of my memories with her have to do with sewing and being in her, her sewing room, which was, Maybe it looked like a hoarder's room because of the fabric being stacked up. <laughs> you had to kind of maneuver around it, and so so she had a she had a you know um, a line of children's clothes with famous bar. And somebody asked me recently what what the name of the line was. It's like I don't know. I was little, so I don't know. I just remember her making a lot of Christmasing. See, there we go. Christening dresses of doing a lot of those, you know, by hand in the evening. Um, but and I ended up with a bunch of her patterns and there they were different sizes of same dresses for her line and stuff. So um, anyway, but so I've been sewing a long time, but I didn't start quilting until I was in this late 30s when I started quilting. Um, and I because I'd waited my whole life for a quilt. 
and nobody ever gave me one. <laughs> so it's like, Aww. I have to make one myself because my grandmother, she passed away when I was 18. And in her thing, she was, she'd love to make clothes. And that's not really my favorite thing, to be honest, but I've made a lot of clothes. When I found quilting, it's like, oh, this is what I really love or obsess uh -huh. over, or I don't know what it is, but I just love it to pieces. Uh -huh, that's funny. <laughs> love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so funny. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aww. Well, it sounds, like, it sounds like you're the child that my mother always wanted because <laughs> she would not sew and she wanted me to. So I'm so glad that uh, you got to have that experience with your grandmother because that's it is. It's so precious. Absolutely. And, and so my daughter, it's funny because I didn't I was busy. I was um, busy raising children, but working. And I was when she was little, I was going to school and I was uh, I didn't. I was a non-traditional non student. I got my engineering degree. I got two degrees, but I did it later with children, which was, we don't want to even talk about how nuts that was. So I didn't teach my daughter how to sew like my grandmother had taught me. <laughs> and and I was really feeling bad about that. But I was I was a Girl Scout leader. Um, I did do that. And, and the year when she was um, 13, I was pregnant with my last child. He was the trailer baby that trailed way behind. And, <laughs> and so, so the, the other Girl Scout leader stepped in and she's like, well, every Saturday, just drop the kids off at the sewing center and, and I'll teach them how to sew the Girl Scouts. And so it was wonderful. So my daughter learned to sew on all the big machines. She learned how to do the embroidery, all that stuff. And so when I bought my first embroidery machine, she's like, come here, mom, just sit down and I'll show you how to do it. Don't be scared. So, so that was nice. Oh, have fun. <laughs> so, so yeah, wow. so that was, that was wonderful. Um, and so she's not a big quilter. She's made me a quilt, but she loves to work on purses and, you know, she, so for her own kids and things, but so anyway, yeah, so I, I kind of fell down on it, but I do have a granddaughter and a grandson now. And like my grandmother, she made my brothers learn how to sew too. So, you know, my six foot something ex-Marine brother, you know, hems his own jeans, you know, has his own sewing machine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my other brother, I, I called that. one night and, uh, and I, you know, asked to talk to him and she's like, oh, he's in his man cave making curtains. <laughs> It just it warmed my heart because I knew my grandmother had, you know, she was just, mm -hmm. the boys needed to learn this too, you know, how to knit, how to sew, oh. you know, so. Yeah, it's a good skill. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Aww. My boys learned how to sew. They all know how to do these things. You know, it's important. It's important. But see, I let my boys down though. <laughs> I mean, it's my, I, my two boys, so my, you know, my daughter says but and my older son, he took he took like a semester of home ec and he was, he was going to make a Harry Potter quilt. We bought him all the fabric and nobody like looked at his stitches. They were super long. It's like the basting stitch, <laughs> stitches were set up. And so everything oh, wouldn't no. stay together. And um, so he doesn't sew now. Um, and my other son's just been too busy doing other things, you know, and I guess I'm letting myself off the hook. I'm sorry. I'm just going to let myself off the hook. <laughs> You go for it's it. There's no good. judgment here. No, no judgment at all. So I'm kind of curious, what kind of engineer were you or are you? 
my undergraduate's in electrical engineering and my master's is in nuclear engineering. So. Whoa. So something light, you know? <laughs> and so, so I, I never used the nuclear engineering. It was in, it was specializing in health physics, which is the biological effects of radiation on the body. And so I never used that. It was, it was a free degree. I, I won a DOE fellowship. And so um, it was just, it was just one of those things. And it's where I met my husband, which was lovely, you know, I mean, to, to, to meet him there. That was, I think that's why I did it. I don't know, <laughs> but I, but I did, I worked as <laughs> nine years as a, uh, as an engineer, you know, it's non-traditional. So got out of school much later, I guess I graduated at 35 or something and I worked nine years and then we were transferred to Texas. And so I had just started writing at that point. And so and I was home with the two boys. I mean, you know, I was here to sort of transition them from living in Iowa to here. And anyway, so I was an engineer. Not now. How's that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny because after hearing your story and all of that stuff, oh my gosh, it makes me just love your books even more. Because now there's just mm -hmm. so many little life details that I know you've mm -hmm. put into the books that it so comes from you. Well, and, and so, I, yeah. so I was... Um, I guess probably the first year that my, my book came, my book came out was uh, that was eight years ago and went to the pool that would always met up with the pool girls at the pool. And, uh, and one of them was like, you know, I just finished your book. And she's like, it is so you, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I think all writers are a little quirky. I'm sorry if I'm going to, you know, upset any other writers out there or, or I, I embrace my quirkiness. And so it's, I think it's, fun to be able to put that into books a little bit. Well, and I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of quirky uh, quilters that are out there too. I think we've all got a little bit of spunk in us too. So oh. you put the two yeah, together. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, quilters are my people. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, yep. I, I really didn't, until I found that it's, it's like, that's my community. Until I found that, I just, I just felt like the lone quilty, quirky, quilty, quirky person out there. <laughs> I, I, know. There. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like, you know, just out by myself, but I don't know. I mean, and, and so I, I just didn't know if it was that, I don't know where, when I, when I found my community and that's what my community is, is quilters. I mean, I was just so much happier, so much happier. So, so how did you, how did you decide to start writing? So did you, were you always a writer? Did you always know you could write? When I was, when I was young, so I wanted to be a lot of things. There were two things. I wanted to be everything, to be honest, but there, I didn't, I didn't think I could be a police officer or a fireman. I just didn't think I could do either one of those, but I thought I could do anything. And I, you know, wanted to be an astronaut. I just wanted to do everything. But in one of, in, in there, I was like, I'm going to be a writer. And I had tried to sit down and write several times before. I always thought I would be a nonfiction writer. And I still wake up and I'm just kind of shocked when I write fiction. I mean, it just, <laughs> it really just blow my mind. Um, but, but the reason I became a writer, at least there was just felt like so many things in my life all came together at once. So for my first uh, first big, lovely engineering job that I just loved to pieces, I had to commute three and a half hours a day. And so I listened to a lot of books, <laughs> a whole lot of books. And, and I had to listen to anything with an accent to keep me awake because I was so exhausted. <laughs> I'd get up at 4.30 in the morning and I wouldn't get home till 6.30 oh. at night and I still had to make dinner for the kids. And, you know, 
<laughs> the, the, the whole thing that we do as moms. And, and so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, and I, I just sort of, you know, fell in love with it that way. I mean, the, that, and it was my engineering and it was this and that, and I just, everything sort of kind of came together and, and it took me 10 years. I wrote for 10 years before I got my agent and then it took her another year, year and a couple of months then to sell. And, and the reason is, is because I don't write, um, strictly within what you're supposed to. I mean, I, I cross the line between what's women's fiction and what's romance because I like a good love story, you know, and, but I really like the emotions of, of having families and, and the women, the quilters in my stories, you know, because I think that's extremely important. I think for, as women, we have to gather together and we have to, you know, be together to, to grow and to understand and to deal with the world. <laughs> well, and that's what I love is like the characters. I think it feels so natural that they're in that world, you know, whether it's through their history or whether it's, you know, they're already in a group or something like that. I just feel like it feels so natural the way that you don't even think about it. It's like, Oh yeah, of course they're quilters. Like it's right. great. <laughs> well, I hope that people can recognize I mean, because there's so so for the Scotland series, there's Didi, the the old grandmother quilter, mm -hmm. and and I, I you know sometimes I look you know I'll be in a group of quilters and I'll be like oh she's more of a Didi you know not exactly a Didi uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> more of a Didi yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I do have to tell you that my my cousin um, she's she doesn't really read anything with any sort of romance in it and stuff. But, but, you know, she was going to read my first book just to be respectful and honor me and all that. And there was no, there was no pushing on that or anything, but she left me a phone message uh, that said, you know, okay, so I've seen our grandmother and I've seen your dog, you know, who else is going to be in this book? <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I had, a, I had a great, my, my grandmother that didn't teach me how to sew. She was my diety grandmother actually, who, Mm. who was she was just she she was amazing she was just tough and then a softy on the inside you know she was lovely absolutely <laughs> lovely yes and then so was your cousin in the book or has she been in any no but i've been thinking about this so she is she is my first cousin oh. but we are also half sisters because our dads are identical twins and yeah what? so so and it wasn't until <laughs> i don't know it's only been in the last few years we, we start, we kind of realize this. And then I get a message one day for 23andMe and they said, uh, you have a half sister. And my cousin had just sent in her stuff, you know? And so, yeah, we are, we are half, half sister. So <laughs> see, I haven't even told her yet. We talked yesterday. I haven't even told her yet about, <laughs> I've been thinking about, Tell her to listen to the podcast to get updated. <laughs> but, you know, I've been thinking about a story about that, the, the dynamics of we both were raised totally differently, even though their dads were, you know, our dads were identical twins. We were raised differently and about um, how we've kind of ended up at the same place. I mean, she she's she's a quilter now, too. I mean, she's still learning and everything, you know, but it's we just it's just interesting. I mean, just some of the dynamics of that totally different i mean and then we, we're kind of converging to being more like each other okay i'd read that book <laughs> yeah yeah throw yeah. a quilt there in and i'm on it right. yes i don't think i can write a book without quilts in it though that's my you know i just don't think yeah. i can i 
I can't help myself, you know. Well, and do you feel pressure? Like, is it pressure even on yourself to make sure you get that in or it does, it just comes naturally. Okay. So there's a yes and there's a no. I mean, you know, so sometimes like uh, when I was writing Blame It on Scotland and the goodbye quilt, I, I had to stop writing and draw that one out. And it's like, I've never seen anything like this before. I was just so excited about that. And then there's other times I'll, I'll be like, there's a quilt here. I don't know what it is yet. And I know it'll come to me eventually, you know? And so, and, and I'll just kind of put a, sometimes an asterisk, sometimes I'll just write, write a quilt in here, figure this out, <laughs> you know? Sometimes you have to put placeholders. I have a friend that she she writes a lot of comedy, and she'll she'll put put comedy here, and then just keep moving on in the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to laugh here. Exactly. Yeah, she wants so many laughs per page. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, and one thing I think we have to like stress, and I think Tracy and I just figured this out, Lori. I don't know if you knew this or not, but with your books, you actually have quilt patterns that go. Yes, with I them. do. I I have. I feature, Ugh. yes, I, I do feature some quilts and, and there's more coming. Like on the first books, I was so busy. The deadlines were so fast. You know, Penguin Random House, they were like cracking the whip. <laughs> Get these out faster. <laughs> and so um, so I, I actually asked um, a woman who I had done some other patterns. Of, it's Iowa Star Quilts. It's Cynthia Iowa Star Quilts. I asked her to... Um, if she had any, any patterns that I could write into the book, you know, or did she, or, or this, this is what I'm doing with the story. And so we sort of did a mashup with that. And so for the first four books, she did, she did patterns for the first four books. Um, And then after that, it's like, oh, I have time. I'm going to, you know, get some done. And then, um, but now I'm going back to the very first book and there's the walking with my daughter quilt. So I have that design and it, it, you know, it needs to, the pattern needs to get finished, but I'm super excited about that because it was so special to me that, that quilt. And, and the thing is, is even though I may describe something a certain way in the book, when it comes to designing, I have to think about other things, right? I have to, I didn't, at first I didn't think about any sort of markability. I didn't think about whether anybody else in the world would like this quilt. I was just, doing what I wanted to do. Right. And, right. and now with, with doing, um, you know, being with fabric, with a fabric company, I mean, I have to sort of think about the marketability, you know, so, so I can still write in what I want, but then I tweak it when it comes to the pattern. And like with, um, with the once upon a cabin book and the once upon a cabin quilt, the, the, the pattern that's, that's out now, um, I had to tweak it to make it so that other people would like it because it was very, very, very specific to the book and to those characters and things. But it's not necessarily some, something that somebody would want on their wall. So, yeah, so I've had had to compromise a little bit. And I'm, I think I'm OK with that. I mean, because I also did that with One Snowy Night, the, the quilt that was in there, um, Izzy's mm-hmm. quilt, which was made, which was a scrap quilt and things. Mm-hmm. But I got all excited when I was designing and I just kept drawing out this kind of modern quilt and going, I really love this tree I'm doing. I really love this tree. And it's like, okay, this is, this is now Izzy's quilt. <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm doing. And and if anybody wants to call me on it, which readers will, they will write me and tell me if they don't like something. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I feel like it's a give and take relationship. And I can just say, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I definitely felt like the one snowy night, the, your description of the quilt that she was trying to make, and it was from her sister who had passed away. It was, you know, scraps of clothes and things like that. Like I just got goosebumps, like just when inspiration hit her and she started to just take the stuff and throw it out and do all of that. And I just, you did such a wonderful job of like just visualizing that. And it brought out, like, I love to read. And I was like, oh my God, this is so, I, I just, I could do this. I could, you know, or whatever, as far as the quilt goes, like it just was really, it was, it was, it was almost exciting. <laughs> Good. Oh, that, that makes me really happy. Really happy. And we're going to drop links with, or, or at least mm -hmm. pictures of the, the quilts that we're talking about in the show notes for all of our listeners. Um, and, and I think I want to take a moment here and talk about when I met you patients, because we met at festival and um, I walked up to you and I introduced myself and I said that I do book reviews in uh, Fonz and Porter's Quick and Easy Quilts. And so you said you wanted to give me some books to read. And you told me that you wrote, you had an Alaska series and you had a Scottish series. And there was a difference in them. And, um, and so... <laughs> Wait, wait. <laughs> do you want to tell me what you said? <laughs> you, do you well, want to say what you said? Yeah, okay. So and this is a very important, a very, very, very important difference mm -hmm. between the two series. Um, so so the Scottish series, the Kilts and Quilts series, it's for mature audiences only. So mm -hmm. I, I did flush a little when I was uh, I know. Scene. I, I was know. like, oh. He's not holding back. So, so you're not my the only editor, Tracy. I know my editor at, at, is named Tracy at Penguin Random House. Yes, <laughs> and, and you know, so I I was pushed a little bit more, maybe to put a little bit more um, steam into it. Steam is the good word for it because she said, "Oh, patience, this is mm -hmm, nothing compared yes. to some people what they're writing." So, so yeah, just brace yourself that it is for mature audiences only. Then that's that's the the Scottish Kilts and Quilts series, and then in the Alaska series, it's a clean and wholesome series, um, and so there mm -hmm. is there is no steam in it, um, you know. But there, but you know, it is a love story, and so. Um, right. But yes, yeah, so thank you for bringing that up because that's very important. Yes. You know, I don't like getting called on the carpet, and so I do try to tell people this is this is the difference between the two of them. And I do I do have the the last three books in the Scotland series that that don't have any sort of sex scenes in them. There are they they you know. It, <laughs> I guess we'll yeah. read <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and so quilters, quilters are really, are really funny because they're like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I've had a lot of quilters say to me, well, I don't want the clean and wholesome. I want the spicy ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. So, right. so, so oh. it's not, it's nice to sort of, you know, give them a choice, right? I mean, to say you can do this or you yes. can do this. So, yeah. Well, and it, and it's funny because I think you you said I'm going to give you the Alaska series, and I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I get to read clean and wholesome books all the time. Yes, I want something some different, um, you know, because I, that and that's the truth. Like I just I want something different. I want I want to know what. And so we we reviewed both in in uh, in our publications and so um and i am just i just want to let you know how much we the three of us have just been loving loving your books every time we get a chance to talk we we just were like are you reading <laughs> <laughs> which one did you start with that's wonderful <laughs> 
Well, I got I got through them really quick and it was so funny and my mom was looking for something to read. So I was like, okay, well, I have, you know, two books that I got, you know, through work or whatever. I think you would really love them both. And I started describing them and but she didn't even flinch. She was like, oh, give me the Scottish one. <laughs> so I told my mom. <laughs> well, and, and if you think about it, I mean, um, it, it is unusual to have steamy, steamy quilting novels, correct? Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I yeah. don't know anybody else that's doing that. And and I know that when when my when she wasn't my editor yet, but she called it. We we called. She called and said, you know, we want to have you know kind of a dating phone call to see if see if we could work together. That this is a Penguin Random House. And she asked me. She said, Now, did you do this for marketing reasons? Did you write about quilting? Did you do all this? And I was like, No, I'm just writing about what I love. And she was like, Oh, good answer. You know, <laughs> I mean, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it is unusual, and and there are people. I'm glad that I do have a clean and wholesome series to steer them to for people mm-hmm. that that is just going to work for them, and that's fine. I totally get it, and I you know I have a certain level of being uncomfortable sharing <laughs> that much, but 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 my editor made me get over it. <laughs> you know, just just get over it. It's going to be <laughs> fine. You're going to be okay. So I've survived. Well, and yeah. I feel like any of the any of the steaminess, it's very appropriate to the character. Like I feel like you know the way that at least in the Scottish book that we read, um, you know, I felt like you know that feels natural. Like that does that feels really like you know. Whereas in the Alaska one, I, that would have shocked me in that one. Like I would have been like, "What? That's so out of character." Whereas <laughs> you kind of expect it in this one. Yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> so, yay! I mean, that makes that's good. <laughs> it's it's very very hard. Um, Six months before that, the first Scotland book was going to come out. Um, I felt like I wasn't going to have a panic attack, but I got really worried about what people would think. Right. And I didn't. It's, it's it, you have to be very vulnerable with with writing. And, it, and and it's actually true with everything I put out. I have to be very vulnerable. Somebody somebody wrote me. um I don't know, a couple of months ago. And, and I knew them from my past and they were saying, Oh, you wrote about so-and-so trying to put pieces together. And it's not really, that's not really true because um, I guess I'm taking some things from my life and I'm sort of mashing it, but I'm using some imagination. And, and maybe if I see somebody walk by and, and I'm thinking, Oh, I, I, I like to, I like to make characters of people that I see, right? <laughs> Love to go to the airport, right? And be like, oh, th- they're doing this and this is where they're going. I make up stories. And and so I get a little uncomfortable when somebody says, oh, this is so-and-so. Now, except for Didi, you know, being my grandmother, that was funny to me because, yeah, I mean, my grandmother was a little, she was a little crusty, <laughs> a little crusty, marshmallow heart, you know? Um, so, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those subjects. Just to you know, don't I don't I don't know still even after eight years of being published, um, I don't want to upset anybody. So, but I'm glad Tracy that you brought that up. Really glad that you that you brought it up and we were able to make that distinction. What I think is really special about your books is that um, it doesn't feel artificial. Um, when you're talking about the quilts in the book or the quilting circle, um, it feels it's just seamlessly integrated into the story. And so that's what I think was really nice. I mean, do you agree, ladies? I do. It didn't feel like this was manufactured just because we need to have a quilt in this book mm-hmm. because then quilters will read it. That wasn't the feeling at all. 
Well, yeah. so so I was thinking about this because earlier you said something about it was just entertaining. And when when I and I'm I'm going to get back to your point here in a second, but when I sit down to write, sometimes I actually write on the page, what's something fun I can write about today? Because I can't write unless I'm entertained. I mean, writing is way too hard. It's much harder than engineering, much harder. And so, so, so there's that part of it. But then I actually use my characters. They keep me company because I can't hang out with you guys every day. It'd be nice if I could, right? Oh, we'd love that. Right? <laughs> we would love that. Especially the last few years. And so I have my characters to keep me company. And and so, you know, we want to sew and we want to hang out and we want to talk about sewing and taking care of each other. And, you know, of course, there's there's always little arguments and things here or there, but it's just it's it's kind of my it's my entertainment. But it's also then becomes sort of my life. I mean, the because the characters are real to me, if if I mm-hmm. you know, don't want to sound too flaky on that, but but they do become very real to me. Like Didi, the the old grandmother quilter. She talks to me all the time. She's like really mad that I'm not writing about her right now. And so she's, mm-hmm. she just says snarky little things to me while, you know, I'm sitting here working on Alaska and she's like, get out of Alaska, go back to Scotland. You know, <laughs> you know, she's, I'm going to take my broom after you. She's just, she's something, you know, so, <laughs> and I promise I'm not, I'm not ill. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just what I do when I write. And mm-hmm. anyway, so, so yes, yeah, so the quilting is just part of it because I love to sew so much. And here's, here's sort of the sad truth about it because I am writing and I spend so much time on, on writing and the business portion. I don't have as much time to sew. I mean, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of in a quandary about yeah. how do I make more time to sew? I have a list of gifts that I need to get done for people. I mean, it's, it's a monster list right now. And then there's things I just want to do for myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And even like when I'm writing, there's sometimes there's, I'll come up with quilts that I probably will never do as patterns, but I want to make them for myself. And, and it's, it's how I started doing patterns in the first place, because I wanted to make Gandigal the, the little town that I write about in the Scotland series. And so I made it and I posted it on, on, Facebook and everybody's like, where's the pattern for that? And so that's how that started. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, well, I think it's just surprised me how much I thoroughly, like I love to, to sew and to quilt, but you throw in a good cheesy Hallmark movie or an audiobook, and it just, I mean, it gets me even more in the zone and it just makes the whole process so much more fun. So I had the audiobooks for yours. I went ahead and got those. And it was awesome. It was so much fun to like hear a book about quilting while I was quilting. It was very meta. (laughs) (laughs) Very meta. I love that. Yes. Yes. It it was kind of crazy, but I did. I loved it. So the, the, the woman who, um, who narrates, I, I had my choice of, uh, they asked me, who would you like to narrate your books? And, and so, um, I came up with three. The first one was, was of course, um, What's her name? Davinia, Davinia Porter that does, uh, and I, I may be saying this wrong. I'm just trying to draw this from my memory that does the Outlander series and she was oh, busy, yes. so she couldn't do it. There's and, a lot of those books. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. And so, so Kirsten Potter, who, uh, she was my second one and she had time. And so she's done all of my books like Scotland and, mm-hmm. and the, the Alaska books now, because when it came to the Alaska, they, they sent me three, the producer sent me three narrators 
And I wrote back and said, what about Kirsten? I mean, because, you know, she's part of my brand, you know, and they were like, oh, we love her. So yeah. it was, and she, and she was available. So it was super exciting to get to, to have her do all the books. And yeah. And, and there was a certain comfort when I, cause I had done the, the Scottish one first and then went to the Alaska and I was like, oh, it's the same narrator. So it definitely, I think it made a, it made a big, like there was, there was a definite comfort there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you already know her, right? Yes. I mean, and, and so the sixth book in the Scotland series, I mean, it happened in Scotland. She actually won an earphones award which is a big deal of for that book wow yeah yeah so that was just that was super exciting and I and I love that book too so it was just really really fun to to have you know I mean I love all my books I can't just say that but there's something special about the six books first if people okay at at the quilt shows people will come go what's your favorite book and really, that's like saying, which one's your mm. favorite child? And you have to choose right now. And now I've just, I just give into it and I go, okay, well, yeah, the first one, the sixth one, the second one, the fifth one, the fourth, I mean, you just start naming off a bunch of them, but, you know, um, anyway, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I'm a big, big fan of audiobooks. And as I was saying earlier, is that, that's really where I fell in love with books again as an adult. I mean, listening to so many books while I was driving that three and a half hours a day commuting that I was like, I could do this, you know? And I came home and I told, told my husband, I said, I think I, I think I could do this. And he said, of course you could. (laughs) How nice. I I know. I I, I have so many writer friends that, yeah, no, I'm extremely fortunate, you know, and my husband mm-hmm. won't ever read any of my books. He's been very clear about that. But when they came out in audiobook, he he's listened to them and he's I loved like them. That. And I think he has a crush on <laughs> on the narrator. Because <laughs> he really likes the narrator. And Aww. so and I, I got a I know I'm talking a lot, but that's okay, right, guys? It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you that's can tell. What we do here. You can tell. <laughs> I just sit in my office alone, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I got I got an email one day, and um, it was a really cute email because she starts off with a question, and she says, "Patience, do you know who your narrator is for your books?" <laughs> and it, and so she is her favorite character in a video game. I think it was League of Legends. I, you know, oh, yeah. Wow. So she's like, she's my favorite. So yeah, so she's an actress and she does a lot of stuff. Um, but she does a lot of she she does video games. She does um, plays and everything. So anyway, I love that. Yes. Well, patience. We have just loved having you on the show. And I mean, I think you could tell we have been waiting patiently (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and reading all of your books and just, 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 we have adored having you on the show. Yes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And this has been fun. It's just been a lot, a lot of fun. It's great. It's great to get to see people, but I know that, you know, just being able to talk is just, it's fabulous. So thank you. Well, and thank you for the hours of entertainment. Yes, (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) 
Okay, so you know, in our last episode, when we were talking about um, using Lori as a verb, uh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, a funny thing happened last week. Um, Terry, Terry, for as long as I've known her, sends me uh, little inspirational things. Um, often, Seth Godin blogs, hmm. and. She sent me a Seth Godin blog that probably was the best Seth Godin blog that she's ever sent me in the past 10 years. And I had a moment where it was an epiphany, right? And so I realized we should have this, this, this segment where, where I'm going to Tracy everybody. Yes. <laughs> we're ready we're ready <laughs> so i'm just going to give you a moment where you can go hmm and have a little bit of a think okay all right so uh you know if you've ever read a seth godin blog they're relatively short and uh this one is a little bit a little bit longer but it's still short so this one is called not even one note. Starting at the age of nine, I played the clarinet for eight years. Actually, that's not true. I took clarinet lessons for eight years when I was a kid, but I'm not sure I ever actually played it. Eventually, I heard a symphony orchestra member play a clarinet solo. It began with a sustained middle C, and I am 100% certain that never once did I play a note that sounded even close to the way his sound. And yet the lessons I was given were all about fingerings and songs and techniques. They were about playing higher or lower or longer notes or playing more complex rhythms. At no point did someone sit me down and say, wait, none of this matters if you can't play a single note that actually sounds good. Instead, the restaurant makes the menu longer instead of figuring out how to make even one dish worth traveling across town for. We add many many slides to our presentation before figuring out how to utter a single sentence that will give the people in the room chills or make them think. We confuse variety and range with quality. Practice is not the answer here. Practice, the 10,000 hours thing, practice alone doesn't produce work that matters. No, that only comes from caring, from caring enough to leap, to bleed for the art, to go out on the ledge where it's dangerous. When we care enough, we raise the bar, not just for ourselves, but for our customer, our audience and our partners. It's obvious then why I don't play the clarinet anymore. I don't care enough, can't work hard enough, don't have the guts to put that work into the world. This is the best reason to stop playing, and it opens the door to go find an art you care enough to make matter instead. Find and make your own music. The cop-out would be to play the clarinet just a little bit to add one more thing to my list of mediocre. As Joni Ive said, we did it because we cared. 
because when you realize how well you can make something, falling short, whether seen or not, feels like failure. It's much easier to add some features, increase your network, get some itemized tasks done. Who wants to feel failure? We opt for more instead of better. Better is better than more. So I read that. And, you know, I at first was thinking about how, how often we force kids to continue the music lessons or, or continue the sports that they don't really want to play. And then suddenly the epiphany hit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I realized why people listen to our podcast. And it's because the three of us, we love quilting that much. We love what we do. And I think our listeners probably love quilting as much as we love quilting. And so they want to listen to us blather on for an hour (laughs) about thread tension (laughs) and patterns and, and what silly little thing happened over the weekend that, you know, made us make, you know, 60 extra half square triangles that were the wrong color combination or, you know, know, whatever. But, but I just, I just kind of wanted to, to read that to you guys and, and get your thoughts. The thing that, that hit me was the the part about mediocre Mm -hmm. and we don't want to settle for mediocrity. Um, I remember one time when I was working as an educator for FOF and Bake came home and I said, I did this today and I don't like it. And he said, oh, that's good enough. And I said, and I can still remember, they didn't hire me because I'm good enough. They hired me because I'm excellent. And that's a thing I think we, all three of us strive for is, is that excellence not just in what we sow, but in what we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it it definitely, I think what resonated with me in that was just when you're, when you care so much about something, it doesn't feel like work. It really truly, and I always thought that was like the silliest, you know, thing to say, but it's so true. I know when I'm like today is a perfect example. I had so much fun doing my work because I got to play with thread. I got to see it in motion. I got to be creative. I got, you know, and it's like being able to do that. And I know that the video that I'm going to be filming tomorrow is going to be so much better for the energy that I put in today. Right. So it, it definitely, and and I think the thing to this day that still floors me is that it's quilting and sewing that just sparked this energy in me that I didn't even know existed. Like mm-hmm. before this, I would say probably the only thing else I was passionate about was maybe like movies and some TV shows. Like I could talk about some TV shows, but man, I just, I never thought that, that I, I think it is a shocker and it's such an amazing feeling when you find that thing that you really care about. <laughs> right. You know, and I think, I think what's, what's funny is that perhaps, you know, we'll say that we shouldn't point out our flaws in the quilts that we make, but perhaps 
this is the reason why we point out the flaws and the things we make is that we care so much. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's your. Ooh, your, that your was a heavy Tracy, one. Yeah. Your Tracy, your Tracy thought of the day. Oh. That's, that's the thought that I'm leaving you all with. It's a good one. <laughs> it is. It is definitely, I feel properly Tracy'd. all right well go out to your sewing machines and and have a have an excellent evening thanks you guys are the best yeah for (laughs) sure all right bye we'll see you bye guys bye thanks so much for listening to quilt and tell Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. It's time for Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. Handy Quilter long-arm quilting machines and accessories. Your host is Tracy Mooney. Joining me for today's installment of Fine Finishes is Barb Tatera. She's a quilter, a yogi, and a Handy Quilter educator. Welcome, Barb. Thank you for having me, Tracy. Well, today, Barb is here to discuss yet another controversial quilting topic. Our topic today is quilting negative space is terrifying. How do you feel about this, Barb? Well, I have to say I'm on the it's not terrifying team because (laughs) it's it's actually kind of one of my favorite places um, to quilt in the quilt because it gives you a place to actually really be creative and kind of do your own thing. So um, I, I find it a lot of fun. So that's where I am on it. <laughs> and I'm on the terrifying team. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that I feel like it, it's still a place free motion quilting is still a place where I am um, gaining confidence and learning how to tackle the overall quilting plan for a quilt. So can you give us some tips or pointers on how you sort of, were you ever terrified of it? Or was it always just a place that you were excited to quilt? I guess maybe back in the beginning, it was a little bit intimidating. And now I actually choose my quilt patterns with lots of negative space. So you will not see me making a sampler quilt because I, you know, it's like, it doesn't have very much negative space. So I actually do choose ones that have a lot of space. So if I have a quilt, I put it up on my design wall and I sort of leave it there and let it percolate in my mind for a long time. (laughs) And sometimes that could be a week or two that it just kind of hangs there. And then eventually I will get this idea of a good way to bring a secondary design into it. Because what I like to do is, is sort of do something unexpected in the negative space. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what makes it more fun for me is because I kind of like to surprise the person that's looking at the quilt. Mm. Were you always incredibly artistic? Did you, you always have the ability to draw? Um, Um, 
No, really, <laughs> I would say I'm not good at drawing, but I the 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 key or the trick, I guess I would say for negative space for me is I break it up. So if you look at my work, which you can kind of you can see it on um, sapphire.stitches on Instagram. So mm -hmm. if you look at any of my work there, you can see that when I do a quilt that has a lot of negative space, I break it up into smaller pieces. And then, you know, I use rulers sometimes to break it up, or maybe I use the pro stitcher, like record mark features. So I've got defined spaces. And then I'm just filling those in a lot of times with free motion designs. And so it's all in how you place your designs. So really you look at my designs and, you know, somebody is going to figure out all I really do is swirls and pebbles and <laughs> I just put them in a cool place and then they look okay. <laughs> I, I seriously doubt that people are going to look at your work and say all she does is dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> because your work is pretty incredible. And for our listeners, I'm going to put a link to your Instagram page and your Facebook page so that they can actually go see your work. Um, the biggest hurdle I have as a quilter is sort of figuring out how to break that up. And I think I don't necessarily think about how to sort of break down that space and, and, and just, I mean, I can do, I could do swirls and pebbles, but I look at what you do and I think there is no way, you know, is it just practice? Do you think, you know, when I make, I do make a plan, like, and one thing that I do is I either use like Pro Stitcher Designer, or even if I, if you don't have that program, take a picture of your quilt that's flat, put it in a page protector, and then doodle with some dry erase markers. And so that's where I've got the overall quilt there in a size that I can kind of work with. And then you can kind of expand that into fitting in the size of your quilt. Well, Barb, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. And that's it for today's Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. To find out more about Handy Quilter's fine line of products, visit their website, handyquilter.com. Until next time, good night and good luck with your quilting. <laughs>